understanding based on your buy box, sometimes your business plan or your investment criteria might be, I need to turn my capital four times in a year. So meaning every 90 days, I need to be in and out of an asset. So if you need to be in and out of an asset in 90 days, because that's your business plan or your thesis, is you can't necessarily buy occupied houses. You can't buy houses that need heavy, a remodel. You are listening to the Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Harris. And when I'm not hosting this podcast, I'm the founder of an award-winning real estate investment firm and actively investing in commercial real estate all over the country. This show allows me to interview, dive deeper, and deconstruct many passive wealth principles, not just from investing, but tactics, strategies, and many fascinating ways in which people have achieved levels of passive wealth. Through my nearly 20-year career as a professional investor, I've built an amazing network of people and come across some super savvy investors. Not only do they have a unique stance on the marketplace, but look at the same problems we all face and many times have come up with a simple but unconventional approach to solving them. This is why I'm so excited for this podcast. It allows me to unpack and have a more in-depth conversations with these special guests. Selfishly, It's a platform where I get to ask the questions that would never come up in a normal conversation and I get a chance to learn and dissect their best strategies and you get to be a part of that process as well. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversations and these amazing passive wealth principle lessons. Welcome back folks. Passive Wealth Principles. I'm your host, Jake Harris. This is a What I Learned episode. We're going to dive into the episode. Tommy Christie. Tommy Christie has been a friend of mine for the last 10 years, 12 years. He and I have got a chance to to go to some different marketing sessions. We got to hash up the history of of foreclosures and actually we're competitors for a long time before we became friends. You could kind of say friendly competitors. So one of the things that we dive in and which I I thought was a great nugget of understanding is so for context, Tommy became part of Invitation Homes. Invitation Homes in Northern California and the Sacramento region was really like the, the ground floor of private equity owning single family homes as rentals at scale. So Tommy was part of that. He then really you know, grew in a very short time period, a massive, massive portfolio with Blackstone's uh, backing. I I think they bought 3000 homes in the course of a, of a few years. And at times they were buying maybe 30, 40 homes a day. Actually, I remember being in their office at one point in the past and they had like this, this ticker thing going on on the wall of like how many properties they had bought that day. And they used to like at the end of the day, celebrate when all the auctions were finished. So incredible. Uh, his, his skill sets, even though he, he comes off and just, Hey, I buy a few uh, rental houses and I do the burr method. His skill set is incredible. And so it is a fantastic episode. But what I really wanted to pull out of this was he defined the buy box. And so institutional investors, 
have a buy box. And so what that means and, and the, the information that we were able to get into some details was they have a very defined investment thesis or criteria in which they can move very quickly and effectively deploy capital when it hits their particular criteria. So this is something that earlier new investors that I tell them that they should define. So uh, it's sometimes called an investment thesis or a criteria or what is it the deal. The more specificity that you can get to your specific deal, the more opportunities people know that they can send you that deal because you're very clear on your message. For instance, let's go through what Invitation Homes used as their buy box. So they used a previous peak price of a home and they were willing to pay 70% of that previous peak value be all in on their number. So most people, and, and I was uh, very much seeing this firsthand, this fund was buying assets for more than they were worth that day. So in 2010 or 2012, 2013, 2014, they were buying homes. And let's say that the house was worth $200,000 or maybe $250,000 all fixed up. They came in and were buying houses for two hundred and fifty dollars or $260,000 and they still had to fix it up. Sometimes they paid $300,000 and they still had to fix it up. And it was just like it made no sense to me at the time because my information was based on what is it worth today? What does it cost to fix it up? And what can we sell it or rent it for today? When they looked at it was, hey, previous peak prices were $500,000. We'll pay up to 70%. So we'll pay up to $350,000. And there's essentially buying the houses by the pound. They felt like intrinsically, that was the number. Anytime they could buy under that price point, per square foot or whatever it was, then they were getting a deal and they were very macro correct when they had 3,000 houses that they bought in 2012 in the Sacramento area. And then I think somewhere like 80,000 homes that they own across the United States now. So they were right to the tune of $15 billion. Uh, I was micro correct. And I made, you know, $27,000 on an individual flip. So them being bigger, having scale and defining what their buy box were, was they were able to move just so much more efficiently and effectively. And this is the other big thing as far as from the, what I learned is this allows you to say no to more deals quickly. And so if it does not fit your ideal criteria, you just say, no, sorry, that's not for us. If, and obviously if you're an opportunistic investor or you're around some investment groups, maybe it doesn't fit your criteria, but you know someone else that it, it fits their criteria because they're very clear and specific around it. So you're like, great, someone in Salt Lake City that's looking to, to buy this particular asset. Oh, hey, call up your friend in Salt Lake, send them the deal. And you know, really, that's why I say having a buy box, the investment criteria, a specificity around what you want to buy allows people to send you more deals and you're actually going to find more opportunities, the more clear and the more that you kind of niche down on what you want to do in the bucket that you're kind of buying out of. So that was something that was uh, incredibly insightful. Are you guys enjoying the show so far? Look, 
Two of the most common questions I get asked are, where can I find good deals to invest into? And is it possible to invest alongside of our deals as a passive investor? So my team and I wanted to put together an insider list where you can get first access to investment opportunities, due diligence resources, and best practices for those interested in investing passively into deals like the ones we talk about on the show. Those deals are mostly in the commercial real estate space, but I oftentimes get exclusive access to deals of people like the guests on my show. If those deals pass our criteria, we pass them on to those on the list. To gain access to this insider list, all you have to do is go to www.catchkniveswithans.com and hit the big orange button on the top right of the page. We also host events, dinners, and give away VIP access to events that I'm speaking at or attending. Once again, it's www.catchkniveswithans.com and hit the big orange button on the top right of the page. For those that are serious about passive wealth building, we'll see you on the inside. Now, back to the show. One of the other big components was the cost of capital. Understanding based on your buy box, sometimes your business plan or your investment criteria might be, I need to turn my capital four times in a year. So meaning every 90 days, I need to be in and out of an asset. So if you need to be in and out of an asset in 90 days, because that's your business plan or your uh, thesis, is you can't necessarily buy occupied houses. You can't buy houses that need heavy, a remodel add an extra bedroom. You can't buy a restoration project that takes maybe a year or two years or three years. So when the reality is like you have to buy something that just needs a rehab, a rehab meaning paint carpet cleanups, you're not adding on any square footage, you don't need permits, you can just quickly and aesthetically, cosmetically improve that asset because you need to be in and out of it in a short time period, including uh, the escrow to sell the property. So you may only have three weeks to completely rehab the property versus remodeling that. And so that's how your business plan works. So then understanding that is then your debt and your lending components, say your mortgage. So you come in with hard money loan that's 10%, 8%, you know, some range of of cost of capital uh, at that rate, but you might have two points, points as far as the transaction fee. You might have an appraisal fee. You have a a title and escrow fee. You have a, you know, early payoff fee and all those fees kind of add up. And then what you realize is that your cost of capital by borrowing money might be in 15, 18, 20% annual cost to to leverage that cost of capital. So sometimes it may not make the most sense to try to leverage your capital unless you have a very, very efficient machine that's operating. That's why the institutional, the private equity investors that are playing these games have such a competitive advantage on everyone else is because their cost of capital is so much cheaper. They aren't paying 15, 18, 20% to borrow money. They're paying 3% or 5%, maybe in today's, you know, uh, interest environment, maybe they're paying seven, but obviously that might mean that everyone else is paying 15 to 20. So they're getting a 10, 15% effective annual, better returns on their capital because their borrowing cost is so much cheaper. So understanding also who your competition is 
their buy box because then what happens is you might get run over by a multi-billion dollar fund if you're trying to compete against them. And so that was a very good thing that I learned as far as from this podcast episode. So there's a lot of other uh, details as far as diving into the psychology and the timing and the market cycles that I think is is really, really important for some people to understand and, and dive into. Uh, again, anytime that I get to talk to Tommy is uplifting. The reason being that it's uplifting is his energy that he brings in. And he's just one of those people that I really, really enjoy being around. His former, you know, in uh, house you know, kind of flipping business was ilovehouses.com. He now is doing it more regionalequity.com where he's, you know, focusing on an entire region. But even down to the granular level of I love houses, Tommy exudes an, a love for most things. And that is infectious. And I, I encourage people to get around other people that just have a zest and a zeal for life like Tommy does because what it does is it makes everything else in life better. So this has been a What I Learned episode uh, specifically around Tommy Christie. But if you want to know more information, we share some of these things, some of these insights, some details on our website, catchknives.com. That's where you can sign up for the newsletter. This newsletter comes out weekly. We publish it. We give some tips, some tricks, some strategies, sometimes cost-saving, cost-segs, other ideas or events that we're a part of that I might be speaking at or attending, and we can give some meetups with some other people. So if you're interested, sign up for the newsletter at catchknives.com. Sign up for the little free email. We're actually working on some additional giveaways, some passive wealth ideas. So if you're signed up for that, we're going to blast those out to, to everybody uh, relatively soon. So 29 passive income ideas that you can use today and... Look forward to catching you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If the episode made you think of someone, go ahead and take a screenshot and share this episode with them. You can tag us or find us as a podcast at Catch Knives or me personally at Jake.RealEstate. For those investors that are listening to this and want to be able to take advantage of distressed investing opportunities, a perfect place to start is my best-selling book, which also happens to be called Catching Knives. It's a full breakdown and guide on how I and many of my partners take advantage of opportunities in distressed commercial real estate. Go to www.catchkniveswithans.com and grab the book there as there's a few book bonuses that I know you'll love. Once again, www.catchkniveswithans.com. Take care and I'll see you in the next episode.